April 27th, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin at the very top of the Mishnah. This Mishnah will bring us into a longer conversation and discussion about <coughs> sorcery in the Gemara. Of course, the Torah talks about sorcery and uh, has strict and uh, very severe uh, prohibitions, violations, inscriptions of punishments for it. So this Mishnah and in turn Gemara will discuss and describe for us the different ways and sorts of sorcery, and in turn, the way that they're punished. Uh, what we won't deal with in the initial stages is, well, what was it really, quote unquote? In other words, was this all some sort of fake circumstance? Was it like magic of today? Or alternatively, was there something to it? And in turn, that's the reason the Torah treats it so severely. We will, as we go along, be able to address that, but the initial stages will deal with the mechanics of what we call a Baal Ov and Yide'oni. It's the Mishnah begins with those words. Baal Ov ze pitom hamidaber mishichyo. V'yide'oni ze hamidaber befiv. So the Mishnah describing a pasuk in the Torah. The Torah talks about not turning to and in turn not utilizing an Ov and a Yide'oni. I imagine, I could be wrong, but the translation in English, as I recall, is that an ov is a necromancer. I don't think that really helps all that much, other than being a funny word. And a yidde'oni is a sorcerer. Uh, you could correct me if I'm wrong about that. But the Mishnah tells us a little bit closer to what they were. It says, Ba'al ov is a pitom hamidaber mishichyo. What's a pitom hamidaber mishichyo? Rashi says that it's some sort of living being which in turn, through, we'll see in the Gemara, some sort of arm activity, speaks from the armpits of the person. So you turn to, or the sorcerer is, an individual who is, in turn, answering questions about the future in people's lives. Through their armpits, there's speech that's emanating from the armpit. It's some living being which is speaking from there. That's the Ov. What's a Pitom? Pitom is some sort of spirit of some sort. Yide'oni zehamidaber befiv. Yide'oni, as the Gemara, as Rashi already helps us with, is a person who places in their mouth a bone, and in turn that bone is speaking, uh, I don't know, this future and circumstances of the person's life that's uh, inquiring. So these are two ways and fashions and molds of sorcery. One being the, through the armpits, there's some sort of activity the person does, and then they hear in some way or form uh, the spirit speaking from their armpit. The other one is from the mouth, that's the yidde'oni. Hare'elu biskila. If a person is to perform either ov or yidde'oni, they get put to death through sekila. But there's no physical action, well, that's, that's a very interesting question. I don't know if in my, in my tardiness you looked ahead in the Gemara. Um, the Gemara will address that. The Gemara will point out that there's a difference between the two because whereas, as I said to you, uh, the uh, Ov, there's some physical activity in order to, quote, get that voice forth, the Yidoni really has none. The Yidoni is really just placing in the mouth. And as a result, yeah, we'll, we'll have to deal with that in the context of our Gemara in terms of it being... The way Rashi, and again, we'll deal with it in the Gemara, but we'll deal with it beforehand now as well, is the placement in your mouth is not per se the action. That's setting forth the action that comes afterwards, which isn't an action at all. It's not even a speech action. If you remember, we've talked about Megadif, it'll come up in the Gemara, where you curse, Akimat Sefatayim, you don't even have that over here, right? You're just placing something, and in turn, so to speak, the sin 
uh, and the reality comes afterwards. All right, we'll, we'll deal with it really in due time in the Gemara. So, so anyway, it says the Mishnah about these two circumstances, it's Pasuk in the Torah, you get put to death with Sekila stoning, Rashi quotes it, Ba'evin or Ba'avin Yirgimu Otam, Pasuk says that you get put to death with stoning if you're to do either one of these. They were mentioned in the Mishnah and Dafnun Gimal on the long list of circumstances of wrongdoings where you get put to death by sekilah. What if you're not the person who's performing it, but you're rather inquiring? You turn to the Baal of Oyid Oni. You turn to the individual who is the necromancer or the sorcerer, and you ask them for your own future, your own circumstances and reality in life. Be'azhara. Be'azhara means it's a misfat lota. So you get lashes. You're not getting put to death by inquiring, but you do have in such a circumstance a lota aser, as she quotes it, it's al tifnu el ha'ovot. What's that? That's an interesting question. So I, as I said, I will try to make it as we go along. And specifically, about a month and a half ago, I bought another book that's uh, maybe 600 pages. It's called, I think, En Od Milivado. I had to. An interesting time before we learned this sugya, reading through it. Now, there, there is plenty, there's a lot of classical literature, this is a whole new book on the matter, with regards to how do we or should we apply it to today. In other words, when you turn to, I mentioned the magician earlier, but when you turn to a tarot card reader or a palm reader, in their heart of hearts, if you catch them in the middle of the night, are they actually going to tell you that they're performing sorcery or not? Is there, you know, that, that's the question. Is there something hard to articulate, at least at this moment, something beyond you know, just misleading the people and get, gaining their confidence that even was a reality, a false reality, which God says not to turn to, but there was something. You know, we know it with the story of Shaul, we know it in the circumstance where you bring someone back. There is something there, hard to describe exactly what it is, or is it, and I don't know the answer fully in terms of tarot card readers or palm readers with regards to if they'll claim that that is, or quote unquote, if there is that, but it's along those lines. Says the Gemara. The, the Torah mentions them separately. The Torah mentions it in the same pasuk, but separately. And you are right in asking already, why mention it as two separate realities if it sounds like the same? Something along the lines already we can answer already, like Jesse, that there's a difference in terms of action, and we do distinguish in the context of halakha whether it's an action or not. But it's an important question in general, because we'll encounter one or two other ways of sorcery and have to ask, is there a reason that we distinguish? Now keep in mind there are technical reasons always for example, the question will be over here, it's the first question, first issue in the Gemara. How many, you, you, may, you might be able to guess this one, when we deal with technicalities with regards to misvot lo how many korban hatats would you bring if you do it b'shogeg, right? Is it shem ehad or is it shemot mechulakim? That'll exactly be an issue over here. And you're right, in terms of hayuv sekila, we might not want to or need to distinguish but we might need to in that context. That's what the Gemara really begins with. The first Mishnah Masechet Keritot and the Beta Mudalef lists the many circumstances in which a person gets a, has, to, has to bring a Korban Hatat if they do a matter Beshogeg. And in turn, the punishment, the liability is what we call Karet. There's a long list of these circumstances. And the understanding the Mishnah makes this clear is that they, if you do all these things Beshogeg, this long list of circumstances, you bring a Korban Hatat for every single one of them. Now, if you check that list, and the Gemara will very briefly reference it, it only mentions of. Oh, it doesn't mention Yideh. 
which is interesting because our Mishnah here on Daf Samechin, Masechet Sanhedrin, mentions both Ov and Yedeoni. The Pasuk in the Torah mentions both of them. So for some reason, when you're talking about getting Sikila, when the person did it b'mezid, be'edim, there's a warning and there's witnesses. Okay, you mentioned them both separately. The Torah mentions them separately. When you're talking about it being without hatra, without warning, without witnesses, where you're going to be liable nonetheless, maybe you did a bishogig, for some reason there's only one mention, that's of, it's the question of the Gemara. Says the Gemara, why is it, why is it different really, but why is it that over here, hacha, dikatane ba'al of v'yide'oni? Why is it that on the one hand, our Mishnah mentions both of and yide'oni, umayshena gabe keritot? And why is it that the first Mishnah in Masechet Keritot mentions specifically dekatane ba'al of v'shiyere, shiyere means it leaves out li'yide'oni, it doesn't mention yide'oni. It's a very basic and simple question. Why is it that our Mishnah mentions both of and yide'oni, along the lines of Judah really, because our, our knee-jerk might be that it would have been more simple to just mention one. We'll go even further. It would have been more simple for the Torah to just mention one, as the Mishnah at the beginning of Masechet Kiritot does so. The Gemara has two separate answers, Rabbi Yohanan and then Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yohanan Amar, Ho'il ushenehen belav ehad ne'emru. First answer that of Rabbi Yohanan is that with regards to being put to death, stoning, they're mentioned separately in our Mishnah because each one of those activities has its own hiyuv sekila. If you did it through the mouth, or if you did it through the armpit, both of those circumstances you're liable, in each of those circumstances I should say, you're liable to sekila. The Mishnah Masechet Keritot is dealing with more of the fine, fine-tuned details. Over there, Masechet Keritot, what you're dealing with is how many korban hatats would you be liable for if you did all these activities at once. So if I did both, I, for some strange reason, I'm got demented and didn't realize that I shouldn't be doing both the of or and the oni, and I perform both of them with what we call with one forgetful ridiculousness. I do both of them. How many korban hatats am I liable for? In such a circumstance, there the Torah places both of these isurim in one sentence to tell you they fall under one heading. It's sorcery, whatever word. And as a result, there would only be one korban. The question, of course, might be then, the Gemara will ask him in just a few moments, so then why mention of? Why not mention yide'oni? If you call them really both one, just call it Mechashefa, just call it Yide'oni, why is it calling it Ov? And the answer of the Gemara for Rabbi Yohanan will be that it mentions in the Mishnah, the first ones that's mentioned in the Torah, so the Torah mentions, don't do Ov or Yide'oni, so it mentions one of them, of course we mean both of them, but anyway, that's the answer of Rabbi Yohanan. Next answer, but Rabbi Yohanan is not interested in action, Rabbi Yohanan is not about the action, Resh Lakish is. Resh Lakish Amar, Yidde'oni, the reason Yidde'oni is left out from that Mishnah in Masechet Keritot, L'fisha'in bo ma'aseh, period. Says Resh Lakish, this is what I'm dealing with, Yidde'oni, it's different. Why is it different? Because there's no ma'aseh. Who said you need a ma'aseh? Who said an action is necessary in the context of 
korban hatat. Rashi cites from the Gemara elsewhere. The, pas- the pasuk in the Torah has the word la'asot. The pasuk in the Torah has the word asiyah in the context of isur korban. It doesn't hatat in abayla ma'aseh dichtiv ve'asa ahat. It does. Asher lo te'asena. The words right before it is ve'asa ahat. And by extension, asher lo te'asena. As the pasuk says explicitly, it needs to be an action with regards to korban hatat. And as a result, says Rashi, there's a difference, and really explaining Resh Lakish, there's a difference between Ov and Yedeoni. Says, says Rashi in explaining Resh Lakish, he says, when I'm dealing with the Ov, the Ov has to do what's called Hakashat Zero Otav. Hakashat Zero Otav, I imagine something like I'm doing right now. You, you, you pump your arm into your, into your armpit uh, several times. You have to do some sort of activity to, so to speak, bring forth the energy of that spirit. That's an action which, so to speak, as it's speaking, you're powering it in some way or fashion. As opposed to, it's envisioned as even further removed from action. Not that that's such a large action. No, it's ultimately speaking, as Nathan made the claim earlier, there is the speech which isn't even coming out of your mouth, but there's something that you're more, act, more actively involved with as opposed to just placing the bone in your mouth. That's the distinction. So that's Resh Lakish's answer uh, over here. Again, we have two answers. That of Rabbi Ohanan has to do with it being under one heading, Lav Ehad, or Resh Lakish has to do with whether there's an action or not. Now we challenge each of those opinions. Starting with what I told you is going to happen. So Rabbi Ohanan, your claim was that they're really the same. Not that they're the same action, but they're the same. So why does the Mishnah Masechet Keritots choose to list of? It should have listed Yideoni. Answers the Gemara quite simply for Rabbi Yohanan de Patah be Kera. The Pasuk, Kera Mikra, the Pasuk uh, opens with uh, of. It mentions first of. And then Yideoni. And in turn, the Mishnah mentions just of if it's to choose one of the two. The Gemara now challenges Resh Lakish. Keep in mind, Resh Lakish is the one who said we're dealing with something more fundamental. It's not just about whether it's one love or not. It's whether there's an action or not. Resh Lakish, why didn't you just answer more simply like Rabbi Yohanan? You had to get so fundamental with regards to action or not. It was much more simple. The issue is just whether it's under one lav or not. What's your issue with that, Resh Lakish? Do you have some sort of issue with which you split with Rabbi Yohanan? You agree with that, do you not? The Pasuk in the Torah mentions the two together. It appears as Judah was making the claim as if they're kind of the same thing with regards to wrongdoing. They might be done in a nuanced uh, ways that are what different from one from the other, but they're the same thing. Amar of Papa, halukin hen bemita. Rav Papa answering for uh, Rabbi Yohanan says, well, it's true that the Torah in the context of, uh, of Azhara, in the context of what we would call Korban Hatat, of Karet, mentions them as one. It says, of Vyedeoni, but when it talks about them being put to death, it separates them. What do I mean that it separates them? Rashi quotes the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Ki bahen of Oh, Yideoni. The word oh means or. Whereas when it talks about their warning, when it talks about bringing a sacrifice as a result, it says of the Yideoni. The means and Yideoni. It places them together. We call that la vehad. When it talks about them with regards to death penalty, for some reason or another, it separates them by saying of or Yideoni. Oh, Yideoni. As a result, 
he's uncomfortable. Resh Lakish is accepting that they're exactly the same thing. For some reason, the Torah distinguishes. Doesn't always distinguish. When it talks about the Lot Ta'aseh, when it talks about Korban, that they're together, that's true. But when we talk about their punishment, it's Oyedeoni, they're Halukin Bemita. All right, so we now dealt with the initial opinion of Rabbi Yohanan, how Resh Lakish would respond, says the Gemara, but we're not fully done. Rabbi Yohanan, Haluka Delav, Shema Haluka. Rabbi Yohanan just finishing this thought turns to Resh Lakish and says, I get it. When it comes to death penalty, the Torah distinguishes. It calls it Ob or Yedeoni. Ob or Yedeoni. That's not a significant halukah. That's not a significant distinction and difference. When we talk about difference and distinction, we're not talking about in the, in the, in the realm of uh, being put to death. Of course they're different. That's, we don't, there's no significance to that. The significance, whenever we talk about, is it two separate mitzvot, two mitzvot, lot and so forth, we're talking about with regards to korban, we're talking about with regards to lot In that context, is it separate, If the answer is yes, as Rabbi Yohanan, of course, has demonstrated, then the answer is that they are separate and in turn they should be mentioned so to speak as separate entities that's the response here of Rabbi Yohanan to Resh Lakish Resh Lakish Rabbi Yohanan says the Gemara of Rabbi Yohanan my ta'ama lo amar ke Resh Lakish alright so we now dealt with the Rabbi Yohanan side of matters but now we have the Resh Lakish side of matters it was the first thing we began the class with today I just mentioned the names Oven Yideoni and two guys jumped out and said but there's no action isn't that a great answer isn't Resh Lakish bringing forth might be a little bit more fundamental than Rabbi Yohanan, less technical, but ultimately speaking, it's quite a simple and easy response, is it not? To say that Ov is different than Yidoni with regards to whether there was action or not. So our Mishnah says you got put to death. I get that. The Torah says you got put to death, even if there's no action by Yidoni. But the Mishnah, Masechet Kiritot, the Mishnah which is talking about the Korban Hatat, where the Torah tells us, Ve'asa, there needs to be an action, that's a great answer to Lakish. Everybody jumped out to it before. Beforehand, Rabbi Yohanan, what's your problem with accepting that answer? Amar Lecha, Rabbi Yohanan would respond, the reason the Mishnah in Masechet Kiritot mentions only Ov and not Yede'oni isn't because of Ma'aseh, I'll tell you why, Matnitin de Kiritot, the Mishnah that we're really dealing with there on Dafbet, the very beginning of Masechet Kiritot, Rabbi Akivahi. It's of the opinion, and we'll define who and how we know it's Rabbi Akiva in a second. It's the opinion of Rabbi Akiva de Amar, la ba'inan ma'aseh. Rabbi Yohanan's opinion is when it comes to a korban, there doesn't per se need to be an action which, which forces the korban. It can even be a non-action circumstance. How do you know, A, that's Rabbi Yohanan's opinion, and B, how do you know the Mishnah is really following the opinion of Rabbi, of Rabbi Akiva? The answer is, and we've already ironically addressed this earlier in our Masechet, that the Mishnah over there mentions Megadef. Megadef is the blasphemer, as the person who's cursing God. We talked about how it should not be done, but we talked about how that's done. Now, the, the blasphemer doesn't have any action. It's his mouth's moving. We don't call that real action. And nonetheless, the Mishnah, at the beginning of Masechet Kiritot, mentions the blasphemer, mentions the Megadef. Clearly, the Mishnah, at the beginning of Masechet Kiritot, is of the opinion, like Rabbi Akiva, that you don't need an action in order to be in violation or, or in, in, uh, obligated to bring a korban hatat. 
That being the case, you can't tell me the reason the Mishnah doesn't mention Yideoni is because, quote, there's no action. That's inconsistent. There need to be an action. Who said there doesn't need to be an action? Because the Mishnah mentions Megadif. Who ever heard of such an opinion? Rabbi Akiva. So in, in other words, the response of Rabbi Yochanan, it seems like a very strong response is, Rabbi Yochanan says that Mishnah must be going like the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. If the Mishnah is going like the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, that you don't need a ma'aseh, then it should have mentioned the Adoni as well. The only way to we, blaspheme is to verbally say it. Says the Gemara, along your lines, Morris, Nihid de la ba'ir bi'akiva ma'aseh rabbah ma'aseh zuta ba'ir so it's along your lines, just a little bit more fine-tuned. Says the Gemara, Resh Lakish will respond not so fast because there's a distinction even between the blasphemer and the uh, and the Yideoni. Uh, what's the distinction? Well, a blasphemer, he might not be doing what's called a Maaseh Rabbah, a great action, not moving his arms, not moving his legs, not moving his chest, but what he is doing is his lips are moving. That's Maaseh Zuta, that's a small action. That's enough to be liable. So the Mishnah mentions the Maaseh Zuta, the small action, what's that? There will be a mahloket between Biakiva and Hachamim, whether Dibur is going to be considered ma'aseh. That's the way he's explaining that mahloket. Ultimately speaking, you're right. Dibur is not always going to be ma'aseh for Hachamim. But for Biakiva, who admits that, quote, you don't need a ma'aseh, maybe not, but only if it's Megadef, if there's a Dibur. If it's Yideoni, which is even further removed from a Dibur action, if it's Yideoni, which has no action in our minds at all associated, and how do you make that claim? Because ultimately speaking, in the act of sin, there's actually nothing going on with the body parts, even the lips. Doesn't even have ma'aseh zuta. You can't even make that argument. So again, that's the words of the Gemara. It says the Gemara, uh, how's he going to respond to the counterclaim of Rabbi Yohanan that the Mishnah and Masechet Kiritot doesn't necessitate, doesn't need action. It's true, Rabbi Akiva's opinion, as proved by Migadev, you don't need a strong, a large, a great activity with your arms, legs, or body. Ma'aseh zuta, I mean, small, you need a small activity. Megadef asks the Gemara, again, only for Akiva, Judah. In other words, you're right. Dibu for Hachamim is not Maase. But what, what Maase is there at all? It'll only be a ma'asif for bi'akiva. It's a mahluk between bi'akiva and hachamim about whether megadif is going to be liable to malkot and so forth. Right? So that, ultimately speaking, is a mahluk. You're not going to be able to bring a proof per se that it is a ma'asif unless you're bi'akiva. Hachamim disagree. Hachamim will say you don't bring a korban. It's not a hayyuf in that circumstance in the context of megadif, right? The guy is placing the bone there. He's saying this imaginary thing comes out as moving its lips. It's not my lips. But that is, right, that, that's what Nathan's been bothered by the whole class. Just, just so you know, he's been shaking his head because of that claim, Jared. The, the answer, the way Rashi is, is describing it is, there's a difference between whether you are actively involved bisha'at ma'aseh avera, or you just did, in your words, the preparatory stages. That's the distinction. That, that's, that, that, that's the way, in other words, you're right, he had to do something to bring, ah, you're always going to have to do it, you're going to have to walk in, in order to get to wherever you're sitting, you're going to have to do something, okay, but ultimately speaking, you walked into the court, so for the hachamim, you walked into the court, that's ma'asim, the preparation, 
Oh, Rebbe, you had to walk into the court. We're talking about Bishat Ma'aseh, what action is done. And that's the difference between Ov and Yedeoni. Even putting the bone in the mouth is stretched because then you're talking about anybody who's bone in the mouth. In other words, like, him when he's moving to the Yeah, anyone who moves to really can't qualify. It's not even preparatory. Okay. Like, All right, even better. Uh, any person, if, uh, as Jared says, if you didn't bring this, if you didn't, let's say the guy doesn't come to the next statement, but then, you, that's right, then, then you make the counterclaim of Nathan, anyone who moves their arm then as well. And moving the arm, is once it brings forth the spirit yeah, speaking yeah. or whatever, so that is the action. But it's an interesting perspective. Anyways, that's what the Gemara responds. That's the Gemara. That that's the that's the explanation for Resh Lakish. Nihi nihi means granted. De la ba'ir bi'akiva ma'aseh rabba ma'aseh zuta ba'ir megadef. Says the Gemara for Resh Lakish. My ma'aseh ika. What action is there? It's not even a ma'aseh zuta. Well, what action? You're not doing anything. Answers the Gemara, Akimat sefatav have ma'aseh. Akima, literally, la'akom means to tilt, means to slant. Over here, it means the fact that your mouth, your lips are moving, that in and of itself, the fact that they're changing their, their form, that's a ma'aseh. Ba'alov, my ma'aseh ika. All right, so you told me, Yide'oni no ma'aseh. You told me, Megadev ma'aseh zuta, small action. What is Ov's action? I mean, the way it sounded like, the way we described it until I, until I told you a few times not so, but the way, the simple interpretation is something speaking from his armpits. What's he doing? He's not doing anything. He's not speaking. Answers the Gemara, hakashat zero'otav have ma'aseh. In such a circumstance, it's the fact that it's hakashat zero'otav. It's that he has to move his arms in order to bring forth this speech. That's considered a ma'aseh. Is it a full-fledged ma'aseh? Well, that's a ma'aseh enough in order to be liable, says the Gemara over here for us. You don't like it, Jared? I don't like it. It's the same, I'm not talking But the activity of moving your arms, yeah. with, without which there would be no speech emanating. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what the Gemara said. What's that? So the bone is different than my arm and you don't need because it's not mine. It's a bone, it's not mine. The bone is just placed in your mouth as a preparatory stage. You call it speaking about me. That's true, but your arm is powering it, placing it in the mouth is just preparing it. You're right, you're right, a difficult distinction, that's what's going on. That's what's going on, but they're distinguishing with regards, you know, is, yeah. In a circumstance of Megadef, so there's no Hiyuv Keritot, there's no Korban Hatat. It's it's like a Lav Shein Bama'aseh, you did the wrong thing, but you're not going to, What's that? No, Malkot. That's the point. That's a, I mean, again, Malkot would only be if it's B'mezid anyway. But when you're dealing with a Lav She'en Bo Ma'aseh, the Torah, our understanding of the Torah, the Gemara Masechit Malkot in several places says, there's no Malkot. You're not punishable. I, again, the, the logic is not so far off in my mind. In other words, when we talk about severities of action, it's exactly that. How strong was your action with regards to what it affected? We're not saying you didn't do something wrong, but if you didn't affect, quote unquote, the reality around you in a real way, in a physical way, so the Torah is more light and lenient and with regards to punishment. Because the arm is attached to you and the bone is not attached to you. That's really Effectively. Effectively. Okay, you want to say it in those words? One's, part, one's attached to your body and the other one's not attached to your body. Effectively. That's what they're doing more than last 
I'm saying it different. I'm saying, but it's maybe the same point. It's a, a, the words of Rashi, I can read them two separately, is, is whether it's a preparation or if it's, uh, or if it's generating the energy, so to speak. Okay, you don't like it. It's the same thing. All right, we're saying the same thing. No, this is this is Lab in context of in context of korban. You would think about Lab Shaybomaaseh with regards to Malkot. That's a separate issue. For korban, this is a classic Bahlok and Biakiban Hachamim. The beginning of Masih Kibito. He talked so that's an important point. The only example in the Mishnah, and this will come up in the next lines of the Gemara, which we won't see right now. The only example in the Mishnah, at the beginning of Kiritot, on which we know their split is Megadev. And the question of the Gemara will be, why they only split on Megadev? They should be split on Yidde'oni as well. well that, that's, that's, that, that's what the Gemara will, will set forth as well. But yes, the classic and only example on which they're split with regards to a Korban Hatat, a Keritot, on a Lav She'en Bo is Megadev. The question again will be, so maybe Yidde'oni should have been part of that conversation according to Resh Lakish. If Resh Lakish is making the claim that Yidde'oni is different because there's no Ma'aseh, so that's exactly what the Gemara will get into in the ensuing lines. All right. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen.